Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. We are so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. This is Andy Chrisinger, Director of Coaching at Reboot, and I'm here with one of our coaches and facilitators, Jen Cody. Hey, Jen. Hey, Andy. Great to be here today. Yeah, it's great to have you. We are going to be talking about feedback today. And uh, why feedback? Well, we get inquiries all the time from companies who would like us to support, say, a group of managers in getting better at leading and managing. And uh, we might ask them, well, tell us what skills and what capacities did those folks need to get better at? And feedback is always at the top of the list. It's one of the most asked for trainings that we get. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about our approach to feedback, which may be a little bit different than how you're thinking about feedback. And in order to do that, I want to cite an article that came out a couple of years ago in the Harvard Business Review. It's written by uh, Marcus Buckingham and Ashley Goodall called The Feedback Fallacy. A really good article. I appreciated a lot about it. And what they're trying to communicate in that article, and they were bringing to bear some of the research that's been done in this space, is that feedback is actually a really bad mechanism for helping people get better at the work that they do. So what they were trying to help us see is, you know, uh, telling someone, hey, your performance is missing the mark over here, usually just, you know, puts people in a defensive state of mind. It's triggering. It's not the thing that helps people get better at the work that they're doing. Okay, fair enough. We believe that too. We're coaches because we believe in the power of inquiry as opposed to telling people what to do. But we still need feedback in our organizations. And we still need feedback that might be in the constructive or or even negative form. And we need to tell people when they're behaving or performing in ways that are detrimental to other people or parts of the system, including ourselves. So Jen, maybe you can talk a little bit more about, if not feedback for performance improvement, why feedback? Yes. Thank you, Andy. And it's such a good question. And the way that we see it is feedback is an investment in a relationship. We're nurturing the relationship. And so often in my own personal past experiences, but I'm sure this might be something that others experience as well, is that we're of the mindset that if I, if I follow this structure, if I check this box, if I follow the rules and the policies set in place, I'm doing feedback right. And here today, what we're talking about is creating an underlying culture that supports the health and the safety in an organization through feedback. That's the piece that actually gets missed and most aren't aware of when they think of giving feedback. It's a place to really connect with one another. When we talk about relational dynamics, we're talking about creating this container in a system where feedback is welcomed, where how we show up as leaders within an organization really matters. And then the feedback frameworks and the other skill sets can be overlaid on top of that. Mm. I love that. And just to kind of build on that. So if you and I are colleagues, if I'm doing something, maybe there's a pattern of behavior that I'm exhibiting that's hurting you in some way or having a negative impact on you, or if I'm not doing my job in a way that is negatively impacting you, even though there might be better ways that the research tells us to 
help me get better at my job. That doesn't mean you should withhold the feedback, right? Because if you don't, right. what's going to happen? If I if you're not telling me, probably what's going to happen internally for you? Right. I'm I'm going to feel resentful and it's yeah. going to really impact the relationship over time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm reminded of the Brene Brown quote that we love to restate uh, in our work, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. And I think she, if I remember correctly, I think it's in Dare to Lead where she shares that. I'm pretty sure she got that from a 12-step program. And regardless of where it came from, I love that quote. And I think that's what we're talking about here, right? Clear is kind, unclear is unkind. So yes, it's true. Coaching is better than feedback and helping people get better and upskill. And catching people doing things well and telling them, great job, is better than giving performance feedback. But we still have to give feedback when performance or behavior is missing the mark in some way. Or maybe it's actually it's better to think about negative impact than it is missing the mark. And that's maybe part of it as well. If there's negative impact and that's not being communicated, like you said, that's going to create resentment in the system. And there's going to be a lot that's that's going unsaid. And we're going to see fraying of relationships, um, yes. which will impact performance over time, right? Exactly. And that's the yeah. key. That's the key. And it actually, it begs a question to ask. So what happens if performance challenges show up? Do we just not address them? You know, maybe Andy, you can talk a little bit about how to address that. Yeah. So I think you have to address them. And in many cases, you have to use feedback and and the traditional feedback frames that many of us have learned. You know, I think of a very simple one that sometimes we'll share in our trainings, situation behavior impact, SBI, where you share this thing happened in space-time, this day and time, you know, the, the product review meeting last week, the behavior that you exhibited was X, and then the impact on me was Y. So we have to do that, and it's valid to have those kinds of frameworks because they lead to clean communication. I think it's really more about the why. Why are you giving that feedback? And recognizing that the primary reason to give it is, as you were saying earlier, to maintain the connection and the relationship. And that person may also need coaching or training or things like that if the issue is about skill or underperformance in some way. But we should still be giving feedback for the sake of the relational health in the system. Absolutely. So Jen, say a leader is listening to this podcast and they're with us so far and they think, yeah, that's great. Okay, we still need to be doing feedback and I I want my team to be better at feedback. What's a practical discussion maybe that a leader could engage their team in to help them move toward this kind of way of seeing feedback and envisioning the, the benefits that it could have for the team? Yeah. Again, really good question. And, you know, the thing that comes to mind and actually, you know, as you and I have done feedback trainings together throughout time, and we've also done them individually, you know, what we have used in these formats is this, this question that we like to ask the folks we're working with. So let's imagine your team were world-class at giving and receiving feedback. You're doing this really well, the including the health and this interconnectedness of the relationship while giving feedback at the same time. 
And as we go into some of these questions here, we're, we're operating this from a place of like really getting curious and stepping into that coaching framework of imagining and creating scenarios of this going really well. What does that look like, right? So what behaviors uh, might be the norm in a world where this is happening? Or what would it look like and feel like to be doing this, leading in a culture that supports all of this? And I ask these open-ended questions. I'm asking, I'm actually answering your question with a question because Hmm. it's a way for folks to create what it means to them, right? Instead of me giving a very five-step answer, which I'm not sure that it exists across the board, but each leader in that company or business or wherever can determine for themselves what this is. So uh, what I hear you saying is even more important than a leader introducing some kind of feedback framework inside the organization is to actually engage the team in thinking about what if we were great at this and what are all the ways it would serve us if we were doing feedback regularly, if we were, if we were giving each other feedback freely, if it was flowing, how it impact us as people, as leaders, and how would it impact the business? Right. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that's brilliant, and it's very coach-like <laughs> a yes. way of engaging this. Now, if you want to introduce feedback frameworks, that's great too, and and it's helpful to have a common language and, and set of mental models around. This is how we do feedback at our company. Right. But even more important than that is trying to create some pull in people toward a feedback-rich way of being. Exactly. And one of the, I don't know if, if you would agree with this, Jen, but one of the things I find is that if teams are not doing feedback, it's usually not because they don't know how to do it. You know, because the, the, the frameworks are readily available. You can just do a quick, you know, internet search and find some great ways to, here's how to construct a feedback message. But even the teams that know what to do often don't do it because there's a lot of risk involved to to giving this kind of feedback. They're thinking about all the ways that this could damage their relationships as opposed to thinking about all of the ways to be giving feedback freely would actually be serving us. So that's why I love that uh, inquiry that you you described because it's actually asking teams to think about a positive future. Exactly. And it's allowing them to be part of the creation of what would that positive future look like and what's the culture that they want to be uh, creating in that setting. Right. Yeah. You know, one last question that I'm, I'm holding here, Andy, as we talk through this is what about feedback mechanisms such as 360s and performance reviews? Yeah, well, it's a great question, and that short answer is they're they're all wonderful, and you should do them. And uh, performance reviews done well, um, done in a way that's more of a two-way conversation, I think are incredibly powerful. Obviously, at Reboot, we're big fans of 360s. We do 360s as part of our work. Also, you know, things like engagement surveys on a regular basis, I think, are really powerful for for teams to do. The one thing about these frameworks, and particularly the ones that that um, are anonymous to watch out for is that we don't want anonymous feedback frameworks to sort of be the only way that people are giving and receiving feedback from each other. I think that's the one thing to watch out for is if we're, if we're doing 360s with anonymous feedback so that 
we can keep people from having honest conversations with one another, then that's a problem. So that's the only caveat that I would give for leaders is just when you introduce these frameworks, pay attention to what might be beneath the surface and ask yourself, are, are these in any way enabling honest conversations to not occur? And if that's the case, then um, you may want to look more deeply into that. Yeah. And so, so it sounds like what you're saying that the, the frameworks are important. The 360s are, you know, essential in the performance reviews, but really take into consideration this investment in the relationship that's also happening while using yes. these tools. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned performance reviews again, because the, the thing about performance reviews is they have, you're accountable to the timing, right? It's like, okay, we're going right. to do these once a quarter, or we're going to do these twice a year. And it's great to have that accountability but if that's the primary way that feedback is happening, then that's problematic too. And of course, you know, we you never want that to be uh, an, an occasion where someone's going to be surprised by feedback. And so, if you're going to not have any surprises in your performance reviews, well, then that presupposes that feedback's going to be happening regularly at regular intervals. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, go to reboot.io slash podcasts to listen to all five seasons of our podcast conversations and leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way for other people to find and enjoy the show just as you have done. And don't forget to join our mailing list at reboot.io slash sign up so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. Listening is rare, and yet we believe listening is among the most needed life and leadership skills of our time. We found listening skills to be core to our work with clients and teams, and we've seen that a culture of listening really sets up a container for deeper conversations to happen and allow for deeper inquiry. Listening supports better decision-making, smarter problem-solving, and more innovative solution creation. So join us and other members of the Reboot community for Reboot Your Listening, a unique virtual workshop facilitated by Reboot Coaches, which will take place on March 19th at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. We will introduce you to the core listening concepts and practices that have formed the foundation of our coaching and group work since Reboot's inception and give you the tools for implementing these practices in your own leadership. To learn more and to register, head to reboot.io slash reboot your listening. That's reboot.io slash reboot your listening.